0: The pads went on, and just like the planet, competition at Falcons Training Camp is just heating up.
1: You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So, guys. You know me. I'm Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Mr. Drew, a.k.a. Sirius Black, and the very humble host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And we thank each and every one of you that makes this illustrious podcast your first listen each and every day. Follow in the footsteps of the everydayer. Shout out to them who subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so today's episode i will be joined by josh Kendall of the athletic to talk about the falcons first padded practice some of the standouts and some of the things he's been paying attention to in training camp and we'll of course talk about none other than desmond ritter who ranked uh 29th in the athletics quarterback tiers and we'll break all that down on today's episode so without further ado let's jump into that conversation with josh Kendall of the athletic right now all right, everyone, welcome back with another illustrious guest, none other than Josh Kendall of the Athletic covering the Atlanta Falcons. And Josh, of course, is joining us on today's episode to talk all about Falcons training camp. We are talking about practice. Josh, my friend, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh you know, it's football, it's almost football, it's football practice. So we're getting it's yeah. closer to football.
0: Yes, definitely closer to football than whatever was happening in march and may and all that stuff but you know since we're getting close to the the, the football we're, we're starting to get those vibes right i'm I'm curious how how are the vibes at training camp this year how, how are things you know is it anything stand out to you that's different about this year's camp in comparison to previous years under arthur smith besides you know facial hair
1: well, everybody's favorite Falcon Frank Darby said this morning, and in, in, in sort of the way that only Frank Darby can, because he's a really colorful guy, that this year did feel different to him. He's been here all three years. He's he's one of the he, he's been here all of Smith's tenure, and he hasn't played much, but he's a you know he's just a um, he's kind of a fixture here in his own way. And he said it felt different to him. He said Smith felt different different to him. I wrote this morning um, about. Smith is really behind the scene. For, for starters, he's on the record to say it. he thinks this will be their most competitive camp because they've added more competitive competitive players. It's a much deeper roster. But behind the scenes, he's really done his best to kind of gig his guys to really wind up a few of his stars in hopes of prodding that competitiveness and getting these guys really excited. So I, I they won't say it, but yes, I think that they they have a different feeling about what the expectations for themselves are now versus years one and two.
0: Now the Falcons had their first padded practice of camp on Monday as we're recording this. I'm curious, you know, did anything stand out in your eyes uh, from that practice?
1: They, They started by Smith's own admission, pretty slow, even given the pads, he really emphasized that they wanted to take care of each other, not be fake tough guys and come out here with, you know, and fight and, you know, sort of, put each other in danger. So I think they're ramping it up slowly. There was nothing, you know, super spirited today. The people that we expected to look good in pads, the offensive and defensive line did. B. John Robinson continues to impress. Um, Drake London got, you know, got back at Clark Phillips with a nice catch. Um, And although Drake will publicly say um, he doesn't, uh, he he doesn't consider that a rivalry or he's not worried about those one-on-one matchups, he did, you know, immediately, punt the ball as high as he could into the air it was clearly he was clearly letting off some steam um but that's the kind of thing that are those those exactly the kind of things those matchups where arthur smith is behind the scenes really worked to you know wind those guys up and get them to compete as hard as they can so you know so far the same guys who who looked good and not in pads have looked good in pads
0: Okay, well, let's uh, keep the conversation going, talking a little bit more about some of the camp standouts, as well as some players that you think or maybe some position battles that you think people should be keeping their eyes on in the coming weeks. And we'll get into that as we continue this conversation with Josh Kendall of The Athletic on today's Locked on Falcons. First, guys, I want to tell you about our partners over at eBay Motors who have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each and every week, all season long. And whether you're prepping for the draft or scouring the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you with players that are a guaranteed fit for your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked for us on this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. And if you're looking to park an elite running back in your fantasy football garage after the top half dozen selections have been taken off the board, there's no sticker shock with Patriots running back Ramondre Stevenson, a complete back in the Patriots run focused offense, who without Damian Harris will get the lion share of the carriage and get a huge advantage in getting a high all the high leverage touches over some other younger backs. And now that Vinny Iyer of Lockdown Fantasy Football has helped us get one step closer to winning our fantasy championship this year. eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being that perfect fit. The same goes with your vehicle, with eBay guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly, air filters, brakes, Batteries, taillights, alternator shock struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the very first time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up, because now you know that you'll always be set up from success from the get-go with eBay guaranteed fit. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guarantee fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So continuing here with Josh Kendall of The Athletic, and you already talked a little bit about, you know, Bijan John Robinson, Drake London, sort of the usual faces that have stood out so far in training camp. Are there other players Uh, that to you have, you know, gotten the Josh Kendall seal of approval so far uh, with basically a little less than a week of practices uh, under the belt?
1: Well, more importantly than the Josh Kendall seal of approval, I think Kadaryl Hodge has gotten the Arthur Smith seal of approval. You know, Kadaryl is a guy who really impressed him on special teams last year. And coming into last year, T.J. Yates said, we really think Kadaryl is coming to the point of his career where he can be, you know, a really valuable offensive contributor. And that just never materialized through the season. And Arthur Smith came into this year thinking that that was on the coaching staff, that they didn't give Cadrell Hodge enough opportunities. And he's going to get plenty of opportunities considering the state of this wide receiver room, which is top heavy with Drake London. You know, they think Matt Collins is going to have another nice year, but there are catches to be had in that wide receiver room. And I think Kaderil Hodge has done a good job so far of positioning himself to be a guy who can benefit from – the other touches in this offense, however many of those other touches that there are. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, Grady Jarrett has looked good um, next to David Onyemata. You would expect that. I think that there's the potential. You know, the more I think about it, you know, this the, the more I think that there is the potential for a double-digit sack here for Grady Jarrett because of the way they're going to play. If they play a lot of under front, what that will potentially do is isolate Grady one-on-one on the backside of plays, which is something that he ha- – a luxury that he hasn't had in a long time. If they can get him in a lot of one-on-one matchups on the backside, on the weak side of plays, I think Greg Jarrett could have a, could have a big year. Um, in terms of position battles, the the, uh, the odd thing about this Falcons camp, to me, is there are so few of them. I mean, you can look at this roster, you know, 11 on offense, 11 on defense, and how many spots – do we think are truly up for grabs? I mean, who's going to take the first staff at running back? I I don't know or really care. Bijan Robinson is this is the number one running back in this offense. Um, the quarterback is set. I mean, this is Desmond Ritter's job. The offensive line, you know, other than is it going to be Matt Hennessey or Matthew Bergeron, is set. Wide receivers, I think we kind of know the pecking order there. Defensively, it's the same thing. The one spot in the defense that's interested me as I've watched drills is – What's happening with Bud Dupree and Arnold Ebichetti on the outside? It looks to me like Bud Dupree is going to be your rundown end and Ebicchetti is going to be your passing situation end. That looks to be the way that they're setting it up. Where does Michael Walker fit in? Not in the starting lineup, but they've moved Michael Walker around a lot of, a lot of spaces. Is he a guy who can take a step and be a valuable secondary – not secondary – but second level player for you. So I think those are the questions. And the questions are just are really small as opposed to big questions the last two years.
0: Okay. Yeah, you're right. The position battles, there, there aren't that many. I had someone on Twitter ask me about Arnold Epichetti to get like, cause he hasn't been generating headlines, but do you think that's just a byproduct of? people not necessarily being able to see that part of practice. Do we do the padded stuff?
1: Yeah. There's not a ton of opportunity for those guys to generate headlines in practices because even in a padded practice situation, they're not letting them touch the quarterback. They're blowing that play dead. If they're close to the quarterback or what they're usually doing is just letting the play run, you know, the ends, the line, whoever, they know they can't touch the quarterback. So they just run on by, but let the play play out so everybody else can get their work in. So, there's just not any opportunity for those guys to make a big splash in practice. But Abicetti has worked in there plenty. They've rotated him in there with that first group, and it and it's kind of either Bud or or Arnold. That's that's the way it's looked. So I I would imagine that they like Bud just because of his size, his experience, his proven physicality in run situations and Arnold in passing situations. And Lorenzo has been a pretty steady presence on that other side but you could see bud I mean they're pretty interchangeable you could see bud and Arnold together as well and Calais Campbell hasn't been on the field yet so where does he fit in you know do they like him in passing situations or do they just want him clogging things up on first and second down I think a lot of that depends on where he is at this stage in his career
0: okay I think that's that's good context so basically for everybody who's eager to see you know, some of these pass rushers in this defensive line, they might have to just wait till the preseason games before we get a real good look at those guys. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I think so. They're they're just not going to put those anybody in a position to to make a, a play on the quarterback that's going to catch your eye. It's just not going to happen.
0: Okay. All right. Well, um, you know, you mentioned some of the position battles and, and the, the lack of them. Is there, you know, maybe a back-end position battle – that you think folks should be keeping and paying a little bit more attention to over the coming days and, and weeks? Maybe not something that's involving the starting lineup, but maybe will be something that may decide, you know, one of those last dozen or so spots on the 53-man roster.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the secondary is interesting. Um, they seem to be real comfortable with Cornell Armstrong and Trey Flowers at the member three and four, so second-team cornerback positions. Right now, D. Alford has run with the ones at nickel, and Mike Hughes pretty steadily with the two. A guy like Darren Hall, who you've seen get a lot of run here, I'm not sure where he fits in at this point. Um, That, to me, you know, how many cornerbacks do they keep? Who's in line for that five, six, and seven spot there is interesting to me. Safety, you know, I think that they'll – I think they'll probably keep four. I'm I'm pretty confident they'll keep four. Micah Abernathy seems like number four. Jalen Hawkins has played well, but I think he's pretty set in that third spot. So, is Micah Abernathy hold on to that fourth job? Those are the types of things that I'm paying attention to. You know, running back, you know, they just signed another another guy that today, mostly a special team contributor. You know, running back snaps are pretty well taken care of. What positions, what order do they come? How many do they come? Um, even, even, you know, fast forwarding 17 weeks until week 18 or whatever, who's going to, you know, in terms of number of carries, feel pretty confident that it's going to go B. John Robinson, Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson. But how many catches do each of those guys have? Where and at what point in the games, at what point in the chains are those guys in the games? That's interesting. That's going to be interesting to me.
0: Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, how Arthur Smith juggles a I've been calling a a two and a half headed backfield just because I suspect that we'll see a lot of CP at wide receiver as opposed to a a true running back like we've seen the last couple of years you you kind of feel like that has been I think in a lot of ways more a necessity because of the Falcons haven't had as strong a running back group in in previous years and with the emergence of Algier last year and obviously the expectations on Bijan I feel like you know Patterson can go back to being more of that offensive weapon pass catcher. Is that a fair assessment in your eyes?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think that you'll see him lined up as much other places as he is, you know, in that tailback spot.
0: Absolutely. So we will get to the topic du jour every single day in Falcons practice, which is Desmond Ritter uh, coming up here with Josh. Kendo will pick Josh's brains on the quarterback tiers that dropped on Tuesday from his employer, the athletic, as we wrap up today's locked on Falcons. So uh, I commented last week or maybe the week before they all blur together uh, on this pod about, you know, we don't care about rankings, but the one ranking we are curious about is where Desmond Ritter fits in with the athletics quarterback tiers. And he ranked 29th. And for those unfamiliar with this process, it's something that Mike Sando over at The Athletic puts together every single year. I think it's now eight or nine years in a row that he's been doing it, even predating his time at The Athletic. And they basically asked like 50 NFL coaches and evaluators sort of to categorize all the court starting quarterbacks in the league in, in tiers one through five. And, for example, like a tier one quarterback uh, is defined as someone who can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. He expertly handles pure past situations. And Desmond Ritter was in the tier four category, uh, ranking 29th on that list and the tier four quarterback. Uh, Could be an unproven player, not enough information for voters to classify, or a veteran who ideally would not start all 17 games. So, Josh, I'm just curious, you know, what are your thoughts on the whole Desmond Ritter quarterback rankings tiers? Do you feel like where he was at in this uh, rankings was a fair assessment of Ritter so far?
1: I think so because I'm viewing it as just essentially a grade of incomplete. We don't know. There are two groups of people that I don't understand. One of them, headlined by Steve Smith, are the people who say Desmond Ritter is terrible. He can't get it done. The other is a group of people led by some Falcons fans who are like, how can you say that? Desmond Ritter is going to be great. We don't have any idea. That's where I am. That's what I think is the sensible position. We just don't know. He played four games last year. He played fine in kind of a weird situation that he was kind of thrown into without a ton of help, you know, not as much help as the quarterback in this – the Falcons quarterback, which at least to begin with is Desmond, is going to have this year. We just don't know. If you – I told somebody after, you know, through four practices or whatever, you know, if you were worried about Desmond Ritter's accuracy before those four practices – you're not not worried now. But Saturday, he had a really sharp day. Today, he had a pretty sharp day. I think there's an argument to be made that the guy is a gamer. You know, he at Cincinnati, he was a gamer. Accuracy issues exist. They've been there. I think there, there will still be occasions when they're there. But if you're a Falcons fan, I think you should be optimistic. That he's proven the moment's not too big for him. The game's not too big for him. Arthur Smith is a big fan of him, or at least is you know being as big a public cheerleader as he can in order to keep this guy's confidence up. His teammates genuinely like him, genuinely feel like he can and does fill all of the leadership roles that you want your quarterback to play. So now we've just got to see. He's in a good situation this year. He's got a coach that understands his strengths and weaknesses. He's got a lot of talent around him. He's got plenty of time to get ready. So now we'll see. We just we just don't know. So tier four, I think, is perfectly fair because, you know, it's it's incomplete. He's, he's exactly what it describes there. Tier four. He's a young player, and we do not have enough information to know yet.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I, I expected him. That's kind of where I thought he would be. You know, he got like one vote for tier three. You compare that, I think, to Sam Howell, who was what, one spot ahead of him, got like one or like three votes for tier three or something like that. So clearly, the people that were doing this uh, exercise feel probably a little bit more optimistic based off of the one game they've seen from Sam Howell than they've seen, or at least a a handful of these guys that made that difference at that vote than the four games they saw in Desmond Ritter, which is, you know, beauty is in the eye of beholder. But you said something interesting there, calling Desmond Ritter a gamer. And I remember mentioning this to some of the Locked On Falcons listeners on the Discord over the weekend, which was that very same thing. And I'm just curious to pick your brain on last summer because I recall the sort of consensus was Ritter's practices were not spectacular, but then when we got into the preseason games, you saw a much better performance from him in in, in several of those games. Is that a fair assessment of how last summer went?
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and Arthur Smith has said about this whole quarterback room, he said they're a gritty group. You know, he, he loves anybody – like in in his heart of hearts he, dis, he 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 does not trust five stars and even four stars by that i'm going back to your your high school ranking you know he loves guys who came from not power five programs who you know he 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 loves the fact that Desmond Ritter didn't have a private quarterback's coach his whole life. Maybe Desmond Ritter did have a private quarterback's coach his whole life. I don't know, but Arthur contends that, you know, he just came up out of the mud and, you know, know, this kind of stuff. Arthur loves this stuff, and he loves this about his quarterback. And I do think that we've seen evidence in Atlanta, and a lot of it at Cincinnati, that he is a guy who plays better when the band is playing than he does at practice. And that's a really good sign. And as much as anything, it's a good sign that it's not the reverse because some guys practice really well. And then when the lights come on, there's a significant dip. Desmond Desmond goes the other way.
0: Yeah. Again, I, I think it's an important point to point out that seemingly he is getting better daily in practice, which is kind of the same trend we kind of saw last year in his four starts where it seemed like every week he got a little bit better. So, you know. Again, it's it's hard to extrapolate too far from what you're seeing in practice to what you're going to see when, you know, the regular season happens. But, you know, that is a good sign for a young quarterback that you're seeing some ways that you can measure growth, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, his teammates have have almost to a man commented that his comfort level, his leadership, his place in the locker room, he's taken the step that you would expect him to take. You would want him to take – Given the way his situation has changed, so all of the internal markers—at least all of the ones that we're hearing about—and you got to understand, if there were negative ones, we wouldn't necessarily hear them. But all the internal markers that we're hearing about, he's checking all those boxes. They sincerely believe he can do what they need him to do, playing quarterback for this team in this offense. He's not Patrick Mahomes, but he can—he can play quarterback for this team in this offense effectively enough to get them to the playoffs, and then see what happens. That's their field.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think as we've discussed today, you know, these are the reasons for optimism. And ultimately, as you said, Josh, we'll get to some real games in September and that will be the time to, to prove it on the field. And we'll see if Ritter and the rest of the Falcons live up to those expectations and that that optimism that at least some people, not all people uh, have at this point in time, but Josh, I really appreciate you coming on sharing your insight into the Atlanta Falcons. Look forward to, you know, future conversations that we will have, uh, where we're maybe actually talking about real football games and not just practice. But let the people know if they want to get those updates on all things practice, where they can get that stuff. And one of the, some of the things that you're working on over at the Athletic,
1: theAthletic.com, um, and you know Josh the Athletic on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. As long as it's you know it's however long it's around. Um, the the thing that's you know on the horizon for me that I'm most interested in is I'm trying to really dig deep on how Bijan fits into this wide zone run, which is kind of the base of what Atlanta does. He didn't run a lot of that at Texas. And so they, when they evaluated him, they really had to project what he was going to look like based on his skill set in this wide zone run. And so far they like they like what they've seen in the way he's doing it. So I, I will try to dig deep on that and kind of explain something in a little bit different way.
0: Okay. More Bijan content. I look forward to
1: it. Uh, you
0: know, All we'll year be- long. Yeah, all here. I'm looking forward to all of it. So, uh, yeah, check that out, guys. When 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 Josh shopped that over at the Athletic, always, uh, great website. Not only for Falcons coverage, but coverage of pretty much every sport that you can think of on the planet. Go check it out, uh, and subscribe and whatnot. But uh, that is going to do it for us here with Josh Kendall of the Athletic. We'll look forward to our future conversations with him, uh, and we'll look forward to future conversations here on Locked Up Falcons. All right, guys, that is it on today's Locked on Falcons. Appreciate Josh Kindle for joining us. And um, tomorrow we'll probably get into that B. John Robinson stuff that I teased earlier in the week about the potential for him to be one of the top rushers in the NFL. Well, later in the week, we'll be joined by a guest to talk a little bit more fantasy stuff. So uh, tomorrow's episode potentially is a prelude to that conversation. I know. You know, there there is an urge in me. I'm I'm fighting the urge to get up on a soapbox and, and talk about, you know, people overrating practice and whatnot because of the one play of practice on Monday that went, I guess you could call it viral, where Desmond Ritter missed Kyle Pitts. But I, I will say this. I you know, I'm I'm not gonna get in my soapbox. I will say this. The the correct opinion from watching that one clip is Desmond Ritter and the cops need to work on their timing. Uh Ritter was a little late on that throw anything beyond that you know i don't feel like needs to be really broken down in depth and has led to the frequent arguments of folks like you know you don't have to i don't know you you do you live your life how you how you want to live it don't let some you know idiot on the internet who basically wears black t-shirts every single day uh and you can't tell if he you know showers or anything uh tell you how to live your life so (laughs) you guys do you I'm do me here on this illustrious podcast. So continue to make us your first listen. And in the meantime, check out uh, what your second listen should be, which could be the Locked On NFL podcast, uh, where you can get the lowdown on what's going on with the other 31 NFL teams and the big NFL storylines, all part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.